and welcome to the Grateful Podcast with Jack Wagner. I'm your host, Jack Wagner, and here we talk about how to build, create, share, and just find the gratefulness that's in your life and how to bring it to your everyday life to just feel happier, healthier, and better overall. When you're grateful for something, I truly believe that that just increases the quality of your life and how you're feeling with yourself. So that is my mission with this podcast. Hey, and welcome back to the Grateful Podcast with me, your host, Jack Wagner. Today is episode seven, and I'm going to talk about a different subject than usual. I think that today I'm going to have a little bit different of a format, and I'll tell you why, because I really want to make a difference with my podcast. I want to speak to people. I want to connect with people, and I want to change their lives. I want to make this world a better place. And today I'm going to talk about why there's so much division in the world between people, humans, why there's so much division between us and what we can do to fix it, what I think we can do to fix it and how we can make this world a better place and heal from the division that I see between humankind because in the end we're all humans, right? So I I chose this real problem because... I think that this is a time of year, especially for us Americans, or not a time of year, but a time period in general, where division is a huge part of our lives. Um, I think that we can all think of people we know that have, uh, that have such strong beliefs about something that it isolates them from other people, right? And I think that's sad. And people that have so much hate for people of other belief systems. I think that's sad as well. So I'm going to talk about that. But before I get into all of that, I would like to start off as usual talking about what I'm grateful for. And what I've been grateful for recently, like I'm grateful for a lot, obviously. But right now, what I'm feeling very grateful for and what kind of sparked the idea for this podcast in general today, this topic, is just how many perspectives I've been opened up to over this year as an exchange student, how many new people that I would never have talked to I get to talk to, and how many different ideas I've been opened up to. I'm just learning so much more about the world and different people, and it's a really cool, really cool experience. Um, So yeah, so... I want to talk before I get into really like the problems that cause this division. I want to talk about the positive, not the positives of division, but what I think will be the end solution. I'll get back to it later too. I'm going to start off talking about open-mindedness because I believe that is the solution to this. Then I'm going to talk about bias, the psychology of all the division. And after I'll go back to open-mindedness. Um, but first I'd just like to, um, (laughs) I'd like to start off with a quote because I believe that conformity is very, uh, similar to this division. That's one of the main reasons for it, people conforming. And so I did a lot of research on that and I saw this one quote and it was the, the reward for conformity is that everyone likes you, but yourself. Rita Mae Brown. And it's a little off topic from what I'm going to talk about right now, but I thought that was an interesting idea to kind of start with, you know? So basically, 
Um, let's get into open-mindedness. Open-mindedness is something a lot, a lot, a lot of people talk about in this um, climate of division. A lot of people pose this idea of open-mindedness as a solution, right? Um, but I don't know if we really talk about what that is. And so I couldn't find a real scientific definition on open-mindedness, Um it wasn't really there, right? I found a few studies relating to it, but I didn't feel like they would fit well with the overall structure of the podcast today. Um, but what I really want to lay the ground for is I'm of the belief that every human wants the exact same thing, right? Our goals in life, our purpose, how we get it, all of that might be different in the end, but we really just want to feel joyful and fulfilled, right? And I think that we have to open our minds up to the fact that everyone else in life is living their own lives, right? We all feel like the main characters of our story and everyone else feels like side characters. But we have to remember that everyone else feels like the main character for their story as well. And you're a side character to them, right? And I think we need to open our minds up to the fact that other people feel that way and that other people are just trying to chase that same joy and purpose that you're trying to chase for themselves, right? And depending on how everyone was raised and so many different factors of their life to this point, that's why they feel this way. Maybe the reasons for why they feel this way don't seem valid to you. But everyone feels and acts in the way they do in the moment as a consequence of everything that led up to that moment in the past. Right? There's always reasons, and although they might not seem valid to you, they're valid enough for that person to do it. And this is very... (laughs) open, right? (laughs) It's funny as we're talking about open-mindedness, but we just need to open our minds up to the fact that every action, every opinion from a person is valid in that person's head, okay? So I think that's a good way to start this off. Um, But now I'm going to go into talking about an article from uh, Psychology Today. Okay, I'm just going to read the quote. I'm just going to read a quote, and then we're going to go from there. It's, in-group bias is hardwired. Viewing others in the same way we view ourselves is a function of a part of our brain known as the medial prefrontal cortex. Other parts of our brain also predispose us to in-group bias. We see the same behaviors of people not in our group as different from those people in our group. A group of psychologists presented Democrats and Republicans during the U.S. presidential election of 2004 with an initial statement of uh, a politician said they were going to lower taxes. That was the initial statement uh, from a presidential candidate of their own or another political group. Participants were subsequently shown a statement that involved an action that contradicted the initial statement. The politician is now not lowering taxes. That's the example. Participants perceived less contradiction between the initial statement and the action 
that contradicted the statement from their own group leader. This biased processing of information from in-group versus out-group leaders showed, us, showed up as activation in certain areas of the brain. This article goes on to talk about how social media leads us to consume more media that activates our conformity bias in the posterior medial, posterior medial prefrontal cortex, rewarding us to selectively choose media that align with our belief systems currently in place. This closes us off and feeds us even more into what we already believe, creating a feedback loop that feeds us more and more into what we're believing and rewards us for getting information that holds up to our belief systems currently set in place. Okay? So, that was a lot, right? Basically, what it's saying is that in our brain, it gets rewarded. We have parts of our brain that are rewarded, right? This is the in-group bias or the conformity bias that when we receive information that aligns with what we're talking about or what we think already it's perceived as more true so the the study that i read it was talking about uh it was talking about this election right and the candidates of the party uh there were two candidates and they both did the same thing they were presented with it they went against their word but the people that already believed that let's say a democrat they believed like they were a Democrat. And when they were presented with the Democrat, they did the same exact thing as the Republican. They thought it was more virtuous, right? And it was complete, it was flipped for Republicans as well. And this is very interesting because, again, it's talking about being closed. This is I, the way I perceive it, the way I interpret this data is that we are closed off. And it's not our fault, right? It talked about how this lights up and rewards us in the, this part of our brain. So we're not consciously choosing or we end up consciously choosing because of the reward we feel, but it's how humans are created. And what's really interesting is it's evolutionary. So um, I read this book a while ago not too long ago it's called um sapiens um and in sapiens it talks about how gossip is an evolutionary staple to humankind as it helps develop closer relations to people who think similarly as you right this gossip right it's searching out people or it's normally it's talking to people that you have similar traits with, excluding people with other traits. Very similar to the in-group bias where you're choosing to take in information that aligns with you and exclude and judge the, <clears throat> the information that disagrees with your current beliefs. So in order to develop society and community, which it was integral to humans, right? All humans needed something common for this. So we search for something in common with others. These communities are, were back in old, old times, very, very integral to the survival of the species, right? Think about cave people. You need to have your species, you need to have your group, your community to help survive, right? And 
everyone wanted to be in the group because again it was integral to the survival and reproduction and all that and the continuation of the human species however there weren't infinite spots the caves weren't massive right so what people would do is they would start to gossip in order to exclude others and make themselves more part of the group because they thought if i exclude them then i'm more in the group right maybe not right but it's how our brains work and so uh, they would exclude the others who did not believe or I'm, I'm not sure i forget the example used in the book but people that didn't think a similar way to you because this was a way to show that they weren't trustworthy and i am trustworthy because i agree with you so i should be in the group they should be out and we should have the cave to ourselves we should be able to do stuff with us i'm in the community they're not right so this is an evolutionary thing that's still with us today and we see it so so often see so often i mean think about any social setting you're in there's always the conformity to each other there's always the agreement in excluding people that disagree we're always changing our opinions to conform with other people there's so many studies that go on that and i think we need to talk about um like how this works right so behavioral science and psychology have long studied this aspect of human behavior but uh mris show that those who express opinions contrary to their peers they get frowned upon and they experience a neural a neural response and how do you pronounce that the brain's rostral cingulate so cingulate zone and nucleus accumbens Sorry, I read that before, but I did not practice pronouncing it. <laughs> so these areas help us monitor, monitor the behavioral outcomes and they anticipate and process rewards. Um, so they give us a response, letting us know that we've contradicted the other people. And it ends up leading us with the reward system to adjust our opinions, our opinions to conform to the others. Okay, so what's interesting about that is our brains are literally telling us to conform. And this is the same science that's behind what I talked about earlier with the gossip, right? Because we need to conform. But do we really need that in our daily lives today? I don't think so, right? I don't think so. And it's hard to adjust because it's literally how our brains are created. But once you can learn, for me, this is how it works. Once I learn about why it's happening this way, it can be more conscious during situations. So now that I know that my brain works this way, now that I know that this is what I'm doing, I can say in a social situation, like let's say people are talking about music and everyone's like, oh, I love that song, I love that song. And I go and I end up wanting to say, yeah, I love that song too. I really don't. But when I say I don't love that song, the group excludes me a little bit. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, it's an awful opinion. Like, what? Right? And this isn't a real life situation. Like, it's probably happened before, but I'm not speaking from experience with this one. But I can, I would normally probably say, oh, I love that song, even though I don't. So I'm contradicting myself in my head in order to feel a part of the group, right? When you notice that, it's, 
it doesn't feel good inside. And that's why it comes back to the quote I said earlier, the reward for conformity is that everyone likes you but yourself by Rita Mae Brown, because you don't like yourself when you do that. It doesn't feel that freeing, right? But this is how all this division is starting. So let's take it back to the division aspect of this. Because right now I'm talking about conformity. And conformity and division can seem like such inverses, such opposites. They are. Literally the words are different. They're antonyms. But conformity is a reason for division, I think. Because we conform to what we learn growing up, right? And this is where another um, sci- another study comes in, in a study called The Social Learning Theory by Albert Bandura. There's evidence provided that humans learn through social cues and interactions, uh, primarily those from authoritarian figures in our lives. And oftentimes, uh, I'm going off of the study now we do things to make the people who we had given more power to in a social setting happy this is because we feel rewarded in some positive way i want you to think about that like in your life oftentimes we're not going to conform like i was just talking about the people that we don't respect because we don't want to align ourselves with them but we're going to conform the people that we give power to and that we think have an authoritarian authoritative figure i don't think that that's even a word but authoritarian figure and this is i think about this a lot with parents and we can use political and religious beliefs in a family setting uh, with parents and children uh, as an example here in a survey done by the pew research center it was discovered that in the united states 81 percent of families who identify as republicans have teens who identify as the with the same political beliefs and it switched with democrats it's 89 percent okay and the same concept is true in religion as well um in the same study 82 percent of the protestant parents had teens who also identified as protestant and it was 81 percent for catholic and 86 percent for religiously unaffiliated parents okay like those who describe themselves as atheist agnostic or nothing in particular they had teens who also said they were nuns right not nuns like (laughs) not nuns like a catholic nun but like they identified with none right and honestly as a teenager myself i can really see this i can really attest to these studies both looking at myself and my peers around me it's very evident that this is the way of life in my family, I've always shared a very, very similar belief set to my parents and my grandparents and everyone really around me. And over the past year, I've tried really hard to dig deep into why. I've tried really hard to make sure that these are actually my beliefs because I love my parents, I love my family, and I completely align with the values that they taught me, right? But that does not mean that they're right about everything. And I think this is how a lot of us, it's how a lot of us develop our beliefs that are deeply rooted and then deeply, uh, then lead us to judge in the future because we conform. Here's the concept of conformity and division. We conform so hard with the people that we believe in, right? Like our parents, we really want their admiration. So we conform with their opinions. And after we see that, 
they're people that did the opposite thing. And when people who feel opposite from us, they're most likely, this is what our brains do. We go through a little puzzle and we say, well, they feel differently from us here. So they probably have different values from us. So they probably aren't similar to us. So they probably don't like us. So we don't like them. That's what our brain does. And so we judge. Okay. And it's hard. It's hard to admit sometimes, but we normally do take the beliefs of our of our parents or the people who we spend the most time around and who are authoritarian to us. And it feels hard because we want to think that we think on our own, that we are independent, but everyone is relying on the opinions of others. These early beliefs, no matter how much we try to change them, become extremely ingrained in our brains and we often start to attach values to them as well. For example, I'm sure that sometimes you hear stereotypes about people of a certain belief, um, such as they're stupid because they think that. That's the medial prefrontal cortex acting up again. You see, we all want to be liked. We all want to fit in. Again, human evolution, talking about sapiens. These are evolutionary habits developed for the progression of humans, right? As we talked about. And because we want to be trusted by people, we want to fit into a community. You see, this grasp to opinion and others who feel the same way is an evolutionary thing that we're holding on to, although we don't have a need for it anymore, as I said earlier. If you disagree with your peers right now, you'll most likely not be left out of a cave and be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. No idea if saber-toothed tigers were actually around with cave people, or if that's just in The Crudes. Very good movie. Um, but we're probably not going to die if we disagree with other people. In fact, we'll probably feel happier ourselves. The studies that when we make choices that are aligned with our beliefs and don't conform with other people, we end up feeling more true to ourselves and it leads us to more joy. Okay? And the thing is, we still have the fear, though. The biological fear of being left out is still deeply, deeply rooted in us. And that makes us have fear of people who are different than us. However, it's because we don't understand them, right? We just don't understand other people that have different beliefs because we are extremely afraid of being disliked. We have this deeply rooted fear of being left out. And when people have different beliefs in us and we are afraid that they will leave us out, we leave them out. Because it's better to do it to them than to get than to be the victim of it, right? This is how our human brains work. This is why there's so much division. This is why. I think that we all know someone who or we all know of someone or some people that have lost relationships in this insane, divisive climate because they disagree with one another over simple opinions. But they fail to see that they really want the same thing. I'm going to go on a little tangent here about me, but that's... but. It's going to talk about how I've opened my mind personally. And we all hear this open-mindedness talk, 
But really, what we need to do is just talk to different people who feel differently about things. Talk to them. I'm currently living in France on my exchange year and I've been traveling a ton. As I talked about what I'm grateful for at the beginning, I'm so grateful for the amount of opinions I've been exposed to. It's amazing. <laughs> I've been talking a lot to people and I've met so many different people with different points of views and I get to ask them about it. I get to be honest, have normal conversations and just get curious. I get curious. I want to understand and I want to understand the root of it all. And at the base of it, I always find that we're all searching for the same thing. They're searching for the same thing I am and that's joy and purpose in life. <laughs> I want you to understand that your neighbor who votes for another person, they're not evil. They are a person just like you. We are all people. We all want to feel joyful and purposeful in life. We need to try to we need to try and suspend our judgment and realize that. There's situations where it's extremely, extremely difficult to do such things. And I'm not saying that I do them all the time either. I'm by no means a perfect person. Open-mindedness is not an end result. It's a continuous practice that can never be finished. We need to realize that and not chase some end goal of perfect humanity, of uh, some utopia. But instead, we just need to chase progression. We need to chase understanding among each other and more love among each other and less judgment. Just understand that we're all people. We can all be grateful for where we are right now and that we have this simple way to bring people closer together. It just starts with each and every one of us doing what we can to understand others and not jump to conclusions and suspend our fear of other people. Just try to get to know people because we're all just humans. Thank you. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And really try to implement some of this stuff because it's going to make the world a better place. Thank you. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Grateful Podcast with Jack Wagner. If you like the podcast and would like to support its growth, please consider subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out my YouTube channel under my name and see all of the positive content that I've put out there. Thank you so much, and I hope to get to see you next week. Love you all. Bye.